So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This episode is all about 2003 named Halloween Horror Nights 13. The number is back. The subtitle is gone. We'll get more into that shortly. Let me introduce my co-host. I always start getting jumping ahead of myself. Joining me once again are my co-host Karen. Hello. And Quint. Good day. Uh, Quint, I heard you taking a breath to say something there and I had to cut you off so everyone knew who was talking. Oh, no, actually, I was just taking a breath. Oh, well, stop it. All right. I'm sure Karen. Stop breathing. Stop breathing. (laughs) Damn it. Walked right into that. (laughs) So, uh, actually, Quentin usually leads off these. So, I will say, uh, let me just follow up my, the subtitle is gone, but there are event phrases. And you probably have those, Quint. So, I'll just let you take over at this point here. Uh, At least I have one of them. Okay. Uh, So, we have... Again, it's 2013. Catchphrase this year is, do you want to be in pictures? The director will see you now. Uh, location, we are going back to the Islands of Adventure. And I uh, that's confusing to me, but we'll probably get into that as we talk a little further. Okay. Um, we have an icon, which is the director, a.k.a. Paul Ravinsky. Mm-hmm. And the dates, October 3rd through 5th, 10th through 12th, 15th through 19th, 22nd through the 26th. 28th through the 21st and then of November 1st, which must have been the Sunday. Yeah, probably. Hours are same shtick. Sunday through Thursday is is 7 p.m. to 12. Friday and Saturday is 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. The tickets did not go up if much, if at all. They're $51.95. I think that's up by a dollar. Yeah, that's right. Frequent frequent fear pass, same price. I will correct one thing just because we're going to get into the icon a little bit. It's Paolo Ravinsky, not Paul. Oh, it's Paolo. Paolo, yes. He actually uh, is Eastern European. So, uh, that, so that, that falls into part of his story. So I just wanted to get that out of the way so that's yeah, not confusing when we get to the story. Oh, that's great because the note that I'm re- – or the, the, the place that I did the research from is uh, – I'm going back right now, and it is Paul. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so just going back to Islands of Adventure a little bit, it's curious to me because of the things that we've talked about in our speculation episode of the Islands of Adventure, I, I – don't see that as being conducive to to a good event. It's just so tight. You know, it's funny that you, I thought you were going in a totally different direction with this, because this is the direction I went when I did my notes. When I was putting the notes together, I was like, wait, how is this not, because we're getting two years where they do it in both parks, and I'm like, how is this not one of the years that it's both parks? I know it's too early for it to go back to Universal Studios, but how is it not both parks when you have a character called the director and it's movie-based? Right. Oh, Yeah. So I thought that's where you're going with that. So Islands of Adventure, it wasn't bad when you got to the event. My up to this point, including this one, the employee preview 
is a nightmare. And it's just because that's, that's like the bit at the time, at the time that was always the busiest night. And I think it's 15 where I started when my wife finally said, I'm not going, go on your own. And I would go multiple nights and I'd it'd be a different experience. I'm like, wow, this is not as bad. So a lot of people. So back then at the time, it wasn't that bad as far as congestion, but I will agree with you as far as making a good event. It was a nightmare to navigate because it was, well, you know how Islands of Adventure is. We kind of talked about this in the one before. Everything's in a circle, and then it kind of forks off to where you need to go to. And even more so with Halloween Harness, because they're still using sound stages, is was a very difficult navigation. I never yeah. liked that when it was the entire park. Now, when they did two parks, and it was really just half of one, half the other, that was a lot better. But we're not at that point yet, so I'll keep I'll keep my uh, comments on it just being Islands of Adventure. Yeah, I. I- um, I've been to Islands of Adventure a lot of times, and I really have a hard time wrapping my head around the, the kinds of crowds that I've seen in Halloween Horror Nights and trying to get through a lot of those tighter yeah. corridor areas. Yeah. And you're right. You're right. It's And especially at night, because we probably haven't gone to Islands of Adventure much at night, if ever, because we're usually at the park during the day and then city walk at night, so... Yeah. Imagine all that with the, they have lights, of course, but it's Halloween Horror Night lighting. So it's like the, the minimum, uh, the insurance will allow basically. Sure. I think it's, it's probably over to Matt. You can uh, explain to us, explain to us a little bit about the character or the director, sorry. And, uh, but the theme of this, this particular one, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so as far as the, well, the director is the icon. He's a new icon for the, for this year. His name is Paolo Ravinsky. He was born in Eastern Europe, and he started out. And this is an interesting uh, career path. I'm glad our friend in film didn't start in this. He started out as a snuff film director. Yeah. See, uh, when I first heard about the character, the, the, not character. I keep putting that's okay. That, uh, that's okay. Uh, when I first heard about the director as as an icon, I'm like, "Wow, that is the boringest fucking idea ever." A, dir- a movie director as an icon? Come on, really? Like that's. And then when I, as soon as I found he got his start in snuff, I'm like, oh, well, that's going to work good. Yeah, yeah. This, this should be all right. Yeah. He didn't work. It, it hadn't even occurred to me. Right. He didn't work it and he didn't work into it. He just hit the ground running. I mean, he loved the genre so much. I mean, some people love horror. Some people love comedy. Some people jump into documentaries. Nope, not him. He jumped right into his favorite subject, apparently snuff films. Yeah. So his very first film was called The Windows Eye, and it was so disturbing and so grotesque that he was run out of his own country. Jeez. You okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm just drinking beer. Oh, okay. So I shouldn't, shouldn't put these subjects, <laughs> these, these uh, facts as you're swallowing. Right. Okay. Well, after he left, he continued his art, as he called it. In fact, my... Oh, wait. What was in that movie? I don't know. It's so bad they didn't oh. write it out. They, they let your imagination take over at this point. Okay. So after he left, uh, he continued on his, what I actually wrote his self-proclaimed art. Uh, and uh, some of the titles were The Bloodletting and Death Procession. Again, no details on what the movies are. At least not in these notes. Wasn't The Bloodletting in The Simpsons? Was it? I think so. I think okay. it was the title of a horror film from The Simpsons. That, that would not surprise me. <laughs> and depending on when it was out, I mean, the, they could have... Name this on purpose uh. in honor of that, or, or it could be a coincidence, either or. <laughs> now, as far as his Halloween Horror Night storyline goes, 
he was actually hired by Universal Studios to film his newest horror film, and it was to be filmed at Islands of Adventure. That's, I guess, where the oh, justification. Yes, mm. exactly. The justification because it, now we're not necessarily walking into a theme. We're walking onto a set. At least that's mm-hmm. how the story goes. So what he did was he turned each area of the park into a horror movie come alive from the different perspectives of his story and his film to create his dream project and invite all these people in to be horrified. I'm sure he was hoping, certainly I I, I guarantee he was hoping to be murdered or to die in one way or another while the cameras were rolling. So that is the short version of the director and what is going on with his story and this for this story of Halloween Heart Nights. All right. Cool. So we'll jump into the mazes. Do you have uh, which of the mazes did you go to this year? Okay. Well, I will tell you this is one where we got too late and never got back to again. So I only got into one. I'm ashamed to say. All right. So then I'm going to just start scrambling this all up in the order <laughs> of what it's it's most interesting to me. Okay. Or, or probably from the least interesting to me to the most interesting to me. Okay. Um, so Scream House Revisited is probably the least interesting to me at this point. And that's, it's, that sounds like that's true, too, because it was a return of the caretaker's house. It was because it was a successful one last year. They tried to up the ante a little bit and made it from all reports a little bit more of a ghost story now it's it's actually really good that we're recording on the night we're recording because that ghost story portion of the caretaker's uh, backstory on our caretaker episode about seeing ghosts and seeing corpses and and whatnot that is actually i take i took that from descriptions and accounts of the scare house revisited so instead of it it's from what it sounds like, instead of it being gory and and kind of horrific like it was before, they kind of went more of a ghostly haunted house. That that's probably over uh, playing it. It's probably it's still got a sense of gore. I'm sure they had to keep some of it, but the reports were that it was more like that description and, and a, a little disappointing as opposed to the the previous version. Right, They're probably going more for that spooky aspect than they were for the gory. Yes, in your spooky. That's a that's the word that was escaping me the whole time. That's exactly how it seems to be described. Yes. Now, actually, that that's probably not quite the least interesting to me. The <laughs> okay. least interesting to me would be Funhouse of Fear and Three. <laughs> Why? That's what I thought you were going to because I was just reading about it and it's fucking clowns. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's it's the three D house, and I wish but, I had seen this. Yeah, it, this one looks pretty. I mean, other than it's clowns, it looks really kind of interesting. It looks pretty cool. Yep. It, it, the the general description and pictures I've seen, it's it's well, it's the red, blues, and greens everywhere. With a little bit of yellow and orange to flesh it out. Uh, the 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 depths out, but it's it's clown themed, maniacal clowns. Uh, not Jack the Clown, from what I see, and not his house, which they had. Oh, had we talked about the others? It didn't pass, man. I really need to. Mm. To catch myself up on these, but uh, it's not Jack the Clown and not the the Jack the Clown funhouse that there was one year, but still the idea of clowns. The clowns work for the 3D house, and, and Karen can attest to this, not to promote another event, but Hollow Scream had a 3D house, and it was clowns because you have oh, that yeah. color palette, and yeah. it's easy to work with. Absolutely. So it's an easy... I don't want to say it was a, an easy way to do something, but it was. it, it is a, a great subject matter to build these 3D houses on, and that's what they did this year. Yep. 
And I mean, this this sounds like they were trying to disorient you completely. Like, they, I mean, mind-boggling maze of optical delusions. It says it'll have you running for an exit. Too bad there isn't one. That that just oh, sounds yeah. kind okay. of like a cool idea of, you know, trying to disorient you. And of course, you're following the conga line, but still, it's <laughs> yep. like, yeah. All right. So the next one uh, we'll move into is the Jungle of Doom. Yeah, I kind of wish I had seen this because it was apparently zombie themed. And it was it's in that Triceratops Discovery Trail, the the yeah. one where the raptor is now. So again, it was probably mostly uh, kind of had an outside feel to it. It it, it wasn't probably I don't want to say this. A lot of that vegetation they didn't pull out the vegetation they built around it. So you're outside, and the story behind it was it was a burial ground that you're going through. So that would be again i I don't want to keep (laughs) promoting another one but we had we went to one like that as well last year and zombies in a burial ground or a a, uh like a voodoo yeah 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 we went through a swamp yeah we went through a a swamp cemetery and that that was part of the that particular maze and that was really cool so i'm sure this was was probably something that i've seen and again sorry i missed this this year was just it's one of those kick yourself years that mm. we just did not, things did not work out. That's just, that's all I can, you got to know, I didn't mean to miss it. I'll <laughs> <laughs> have to tell that story. And, and zombies are just fucking awesome. Yes. Oh, that makeup, that is probably, when you're into horror, that's got to be, I don't know, It's. It, it, I'm kind of split on this. It's either got to be something you're really excited to do because you're anxious to try something that you've not seen before and you want to see if you can do it, or it might suck because it's so, I don't want to say atypical, but it's a. It's it's something that's that always shows up somewhere in a Halloween thing. I, I, I got to think, it, I guess it all depends on where you land in that. If you think it's just run the mill horror or if it's an opportunity to do something new I, I i would hope to think the artists they have for this view it as something new and something they can take on as a challenge and, and do something no one's seen before i don't know i don't know you know i don't care if people think zombies are cliche they're fucking awesome right yeah that's like, true fuck, yeah. I, don't, I don't care fuck people if they think they're cliche great uh that's great you don't have to watch them don't fuck it up for the rest of us because i love zombies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mostly because they remind me of most of my ex-girlfriends, but hey. <laughs> well. You know, I didn't have good taste for a long time. <laughs> now it's your wife's taste. Ah, oh, you beat me to exactly. the deck. <laughs> no argument from me on that one. Uh, all right. Now, surprisingly enough, uh, the, the, third from, the third from last out of the six mazes, for me, in, in least interesting, is actually the... The one with the character or with the director in <laughs> director. it. That is the one I saw. That's the one the I saw. Piece. Yes. Because right. do, you, do you want to save that for the end? Yeah, let's save that for the end. All right. So please tell me psychoscarapy was good. Um you this I don't why don't I this isn't the one I saw, so but I wish I did because this is the start of the Shady Brook story. Yeah. I mean, this is at the time, this was a, uh, what do you want to say? An inmates take over the asylum house. This is, uh, maybe they had storylines written out or maybe the entire storyline we have seen up to this point was written out and they had to scale it back for the house. But for this, this is the first chapter in it. The inmates take over the asylum. The house has been, uh, I guess the story, I should say, has been added to reconnect Jack to Jack the Clown story, which we've done uh we haven't done the maze yet but we've done that in a story so the so they incorporate their 
probably greatest known or their, their best known icon. And this is, or it's funny. It all depends on how you want to, how serious you want to take the retcon. This is the asylum that Jack was once committed to. Now, the argument could be made he was in there at the time or again if you want to take the retcon for all the way back to that but it has a it's it's a <laughs> i'm getting passionate because i'm more mad at myself not seeing the start of something that ends up being 50 percent of, the- of what is now my all-time favorite maze ever at halloween horror nights right yeah so no, this this looks this looks really really fun and i and mm-hmm. you know as cliche as zombies are so are asylums when it comes to harder, but I still love them. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason these are cliches and there's a reason people <laughs> keep going back to this stuff because it's fun. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And Scary creepy. Cells. I will not exactly. argue with you. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so, you, you get a, you get a guy that has that look in his eye and he's holding something that this <laughs> looks dangerous as hell and will not stop looking at you. They're, there's not much yeah. more, many more things that are more frightening than that. I agree. Yeah. In fact, the, the fact that they're not supernatural, that they are people who have lost their minds, it might be scarier because there's a yeah. sense of reality to it exactly. than the zombies. It, yeah, exactly. It's something that, that you can definitely relate to because, well, I mean, I don't know what you guys, but I have plenty of family that belong in asylums. <laughs> and, you know, the argument could be made. Yeah. Well, I mean, for you, it's your sister, but <laughs> oh, I, I got to stop using that one. That's too easy. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else for psychotherapy? No. Again, just kicking the crap out of my past self for not going to that. All right. So that is tied for me going in my way back machine. Okay. With ship of screens. Yeah. I wish I had seen this. This is, and I know why we didn't see this because where we did go to the time we had, we were not. Uh, gonna be able to get to that and by the time the line we we had gone really late in fact i'll tell you the order we did stuff we bolted right into bill and ted's which might have been this the last at the very least the second to last show of the night made sure we oh, saw wow. the scare zones and then we had time for one thing and by the time we got through the scare zones we were back to where um all night uh, started yeah exactly exactly yeah. so so it's that's how pressed for time we were that night um, I, I would have liked to seen this one, but I know there was no way we'd have gotten to that night. I wish I'd gone another night, but the ship stuff has always been very well done, very creepy, very clever. And I'm sure there had to be a slanted, uh, pathway, yeah. which are always, always nice to mess you with as you're going through all this. Not so, only that, this one, this one is near and dear to, to stuff that I've, I've been interested in since I was like a kid, which okay. is like ghost ships, right? Where you just like find ships that are found adrift with nobody on board. That's exactly what this one is described as. Yeah. And it's exactly. not, it's not even an old, it sounds like it's not even an old ship. It's a cruise liner. So it's, it's, they might not even yeah. have to make a period piece out of it, which is probably a, a nice change to some of the other ships they've done in the past. And, and I've always been like, like the Marie Celeste and all those, those types of ships. I've always been like fascinated by them. So this would have been definitely on the top of my way back. Oh, machine. wow. Okay. So this, this is different from the ship room that they had in 25. Oh yeah. That was like taken from 21 or 22. That was like super okay. recent. Yeah. That one, that I, one was the forsaken. That. that was the fourth ship of Columbus's fleet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Which was really good too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But but it wasn't this one. Yeah. No, this one. I don't know. I 
again, it it's touches that that creepy stuff that I got into as a kid. And yeah. oh yeah, okay, I see, I certainly see where you're coming from then. But and that that runs us into uh, the all night die in. Yes, <laughs> which <laughs> was a scare zone yeah. last year. Yeah. And and a, a really well executed scare zone, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but what was the maze like? Okay. Well, this was the icons maze. Obviously, this was the director's house. It was a. a it was. It was much like um, in concept, not in execution. Uh, the all night die in we had last year. Uh, it was a deserted drive in, and but this one would show brutal slasher films. And okay. yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say where it ends. Let me. I don't know why I put the ending. In the front here, let me get copy and paste that towards the bottom. So this this was one of those houses that like it, I didn't mind waiting in line for so much because from what I remember, and I don't know that this is necessarily the first time it was done, but it's the first time I remember that they had a custom film projected on the building of the wall, and it was the director in some of his works in the past. And they showed some creepy shots uh, with him in it and the the. the him, him in the camera they showed some uh, uh, presumably maybe clips from what we saw in uh or what we would have seen in the snuff films i described earlier just these these brutal you didn't quite see the brutality of it it was just off camera but you got the sense of it so it was kind of cool even though i was waiting in line it gave you something to do now we see that in almost everyone we go to but mm-hmm. the fact that i wrote this down for the first time thinks it's makes me think it's the first time I took notice of it. I can't imagine it's the first time it's ever happened, but it's the first time that it was like so well tied into what I was about to do that I, I, I made, I had the memory of it and I wrote it down. Now, when you went through the, the room or through, I'm sorry, when you went through the maze into the rooms, so this is, I'm actually glad I went into this and it harkens back to what I said in the last episode at the time, before I started really getting into the Halloween Horror Nights original IPs, I always wanted to see it, see the adapted stuff. And this was mostly an adapted IP house, though not all of it was necessarily licensed, but you knew what it was supposed to be. Right. There was certainly a Nightmare on Elm Street scene, although you didn't quite see Freddy. But you, you, if you knew the movies, you recognize the scene. Now, Friday the 13th uh, wasn't uh, Jason, but it was a guy in a hockey mask and a machete. Texas Chainsaw Massacre had a homage room to it. So even though... Uh, they weren't properly licensed. You knew what it was. And that right. was a lot of what this was. Now and again, you'd see things from those clips you saw and some of the, maybe in some of the things from the director's commercials. So the director's been back and forth and has been part of Hollywood and Shanghai. I kind of lose track of what clips I've seen online that relate back to this particular year. In fact, if we ever do a director's episode, we're probably going to talk more about his appearances all over the world. And not just the Halloween Hard Nights in Orlando, but that's interesting that they've used him all over the world. But then was, again, as a director for Universal Studios, it kind of makes sense. He was the tram tour. He was the theme oh. of the tram tour. Oh, oh that would that would have worked really well. Well, it does actually that really works well because that is all movie sets, right? So yeah, that's what I mean. Right. Oh, like, I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Oddly enough, this was the Icon House. It wasn't the longest house. That was actually Scream House Revisited. And really? I don't know if that is because... Well, no, wait, I was going to say because it shares the soundstage, but it shares it with Scream House. So I don't know why the director one got cut short. Maybe because they could only think of so many ways to use licensed scenes that weren't licensed and ran out of ideas. I, that's 
I doubt that. They probably had more ideas than they knew what to do with. But anyway, um, once you got through all this, once you kind of um, you saw all the scenes, you saw the director scenes, you saw these these homages. When you got to the very end, the idea was that you were in the set, the final scene set of the director's film, and he was there to kill you. So you got your FaceTime with the director. He was there to scare the crap out of you. Of course, you're no no real danger, but that was that was kind of the finale of this of this maze. Cool. So this you mentioned that it was in Soundstage 20 and it shared that with Screamhouse Revisited. Um Funhouse Fear in 3D was Thunderfall's Terrace. Uh Jungle of Doom was Tri- Triceratops Discovery Trail. I think we mentioned yep, that part. Yep. Uh Psychoscarapy was in Jurassic Park Discovery Center, which just that that just Jurassic Park Discovery Center does not scream a good place for a maze to me. I'm gonna really have to go back into that building next time I'm there. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Yep. Um, and then Ship of Screams was uh, hilariously in Popeye <laughs> yeah. and Bluto's Bilge Rat Barges, which just, yeah, what a great repurposing of, of that. <laughs> there is a often told tale, and I think it's at the stature of, stature of Urban Legend at this point. I don't even know. I think this is a rumor started in the fan community and, well, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, but, but I'll get to the story here. It's, there was a, there was a, a huge rumor and it's still told to this day that there was going to be a seventh house this year and the idea was going to be an ex- like an extreme house that is while the story is told there was going to be the seventh extreme house is going to be bloodier gorier and more intense than anything they ever did and it was going to be in the carnage warehouse this was of course the building uh-huh. they built for halloween horror nights the i the rumor goes the this was going to be so extreme that you had to be 18 or over you were going to have to have an emission bracelet uh, to prove that you were 18 or older to be in there. Some stories say it was going to be a separate charge. I think that rumor comes from the fact that there was a house like this at Hollow, Hollow, Hollow Scream at one year, or one year, and that was a separate charge. Uh, perpetuating the rumor over the years is a, a guide map. It's, uh, if you're looking at it, it's pretty minimal. Showing just the rides and the Halloween Horror Nights attractions. Mm-hmm. There is a drawing of the Carnage Warehouse, but there's no marker or any name on there. So it's like That's true. That's right uh-huh. by by A, B, and one there, right? Yeah. So yeah, the that- the story goes there there was something written there and then it was taken out at the last minute. So I don't know how true this is. It obviously didn't happen. I think the story of it has grown and become much more fascinating than maybe what was actually going to happen. But it's worth telling because when Ever long-term Halloween Horror Nights people talk about 13. Inevitably, the legend of the extreme house comes up. Uh-huh. Do you know if it was, does, is, does the rumor have any themes or anything like that that they had thought of? Just not, that I, that, not that I've read or, or know of. I'm sure if I dug deep, there would probably some, be some theories, probably even some kind of uh, pretty, perhaps, uh, convincing evidence in a note somewhere that was retrieved from who knows what that might lead to something, but I've not seen that. Okay. Move into scare zones. All right. Uh, The one that we're going to skip because it's always going to be the same. I think (laughs) is Booville, which is just landing, which is, you know, listen to our last uh, year episode to, to get what Booville is. Yep. That's exactly Um, what my notes say. (laughs) If you don't know what that is, check out the last episode. Uh, hide and shriek hide and shriek yes okay this was this toon lagoon area yep, yep. 
the idea of this was that it was a they they built upon what the facade already was. It was kind of a cartoon world gone mad. It's like the the ink came alive and blended into these bizarre shapes and patterns. The they had a temporary wall set up with with uh, a pattern wall and characters in what do I say? Full body costumes that were blended into those patterns, and they'd stand against the wall in the dark. And as you'd walk by, they'd pop out and and scare you. It was actually pretty effective. It was pretty neat. We've kind of seen that uh, incorporated into mazes over the years. We have, yeah. In fact, uh, I think a good example of that was the. Uh, oh no, that was uh, they were kind of they were statues. The uh, guardsmen. No, I was thinking. Well, maybe. Yeah. Well, okay. I know what you're saying yeah. there, but I was thinking the guardsmen in uh, Asylum and Wonderland. Oh, that too. Yeah. yeah, there's like eight statues and two living guys or something of that effect. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and the Jack's room was the same. Like you went Similar, through the end yeah. of, uh, and it was like a whole bunch of Jacks and like two of them are real or something. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and then they actually did some of that in the, um, uh, damn it, the, oh, good. Where the, the, the room where they were ripping the spine out of the person. Oh, uh, they, no, all those were, they were all dummies. I don't know what you're talking about, the body collectors. I thought there was one or two. No, that that's what I thought, too, until we asked, uh, oh, I don't know if it was right. the tour I was on with you or the tour I was on with Care, but we asked, and they're like, no, they were all dummies. I'm like, okay, so it's just, the, I guess your mind and your experience expect there to be Great. things, and you're yeah. getting, your mind plays tricks on you. So were they playing with any, like, IP tunes, or was it just, like... <laughs> created tunes no it wasn't even they weren't even tunes it was all these these characters were can shakers is what i call them they uh, okay we don't see the can shakers as much as we used to back in the day but they were can shakers they were either the in these patterns there were probably some in complete black because there's a i like to call it a i call it a beekeeper costume because when they have these black characters all in blacked out they don't put them in tight bodysuits they put them in almost these veils and and flowing uh, costume maybe it fits the shadow better but it reminds me of a beekeeper's hat with like the mesh that comes down so i call them the black beekeeper outfits okay. i remember them being there with the can shakers as well all right immortal island which was on the lost continent area this was i remember this being pretty cool this was it was a wasteland it they built on the um fire and ice roller coaster that's over there it's now the ah. harry potter dragon challenge or something mm -hmm. like that but they took that idea and kind of brought it into the onto the into the area into the scare zones they had the ice demon and they had the fire demon and you were trapped in the middle of this battle and they like the main fire and ice the demons themselves were still walkers uh, very that's well cool. yeah very very well made up very well painted and the ice was like a lot of whites and a lot of blues and they would be at one end and they were there was one character that was all made up that was on a, a platform with a, a fog gun but the, i don't know if the fog was refrigerated or this type of fog but if you walked into it there was like a extreme temperature difference it was cold hmm. it was cool. cold fog so this was the uh it was this one was the ice uh demon was actually called the ice queen so that was a woman on the stilts on the other side you had the red demons they were more well, well red and scaly and horned and i think i'm pretty sure that girl that we all saw the the well red painted girl with the horns in the icon scare zone is a character from this last year in 25 Oh, she was probably the most made up character in that whole scare zone. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she was from this from what I remember. Now this was, 
led by the Fire King. So this was a guy and probably shirtless, probably had his abs and his pecs enhanced with red and, and different shades of red to shadow. And they didn't have fire sprayed at you. So <laughs> yeah, well. their, but their, their other side of it was the chainsaw drill team. Uh, so oh. instead of fire, they had the chainsaw drill team on their side. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's unique. Yeah. That's a unique like, way to use the train, the chainsaw drill team. I thought. Yeah. And it sounded like just like the whole idea of that was just very fun. Yeah. That was really cool. That was a very visual site, uh, scare zone. Um, and we, I mean, we all know they do great job with their scare zones. So just, you know, I think this is for scare zones. This is the one on my way back machine. Yeah. At, there you go. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. The next one um, was located in Jurassic Park, which was Night Prey. Yeah. Um, it's something. Oh, okay. I see what they're going for here. So it's a volcanic tropical island. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and basically, you're stuck, being stalked through the jungle by weird, beastly creatures um, who seem to possess a terrifying intelligence. It sounds better on paper than I th- think it would be in execution. Yeah. Kind of sounds like Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh there it goes that demographic <laughs> <laughs> everything's trying to kill you down there <laughs> um this i don't have many notes on so i guess i don't remember it i think it was much like the uh what, what do you call it like the uh, i described the year before it sounds like there's a from what my notes have, I just have n- no recollection of this. Is so it- it's it sounds exactly like what you were talking about la- uh, the last time, which was you know more you know more more can- more noises and things like that that were just trying to freak you out, and you only get little glimpses of characters and stuff. Yeah, and that's like, pretty much what I have. It's like you would roam the streets and you'd be distracted by one thing, and something else would scare you. Um, I do have a note that there was like some uh, uh, camoed camoed doors. I guess like like scare zone boo holes. I guess mm. maybe some characters would uh would pop their heads out here and there. I honestly don't remember that. So maybe that's something I interpreted from something else. But I I don't have anything well, on it. Does sound like that from both years that we've described so far, uh, that you've described so far, that they've had a really tough time adapting that Jurassic Park area into a good scare zone. And I thought I think it. Yeah, a lot of that has to do with that it's lined with so much vegetation that they can't remove yeah. and put well, back. That and and if I remember right, that area is pretty tight. And trying to put a lot of characters and yeah. a lot of stuff into that area would make it even cramped and tighter. It, that, yeah. Just a bad choke point. That's a dangerous freaking place to navigate on any day because they have yeah. those, those weird like little, uh, I don't know what they call them. It's like the... It's not a flat sidewalk. It, it it's it's a little right. slanted. It goes up and down, and then the sides always have these like like six inch, not six inch, like three or four inch risers that I always seem to <laughs> stumble on every visit. I've been going there for years, and I always hit one of those damn things. So that's like a already hard to navigate. Yeah, so that's that's probably why it was. I mean, the technical difficulties are probably more than anything. There. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I I, I agree. Um, port of entry, the location was converted back into port of evil or was it not port of evil last time? That was port of evil last time too. Yeah. And this is another one. They had the, um, public torture garden again. That's what I think I stole that from someone else's description. This is, it's, it's, it was kind of, it wasn't the same, exactly the same as the year before, but it was a, a lot similar. So it had that again, another, 
I don't want to say catch all because it, it still had like the the theme of the port of that. It's not even really time period. It's more of a motif because it's kind mm. of a fictional area. But they they kept the characters, the characters in that that area's theme. But it was I couldn't point at that any character and tell you what or the characters alone and tell you a, a general theme other than they belonged in that area. Nice. Um. This one, I think, is my favorite. Okay, yeah. uh, it's the Marvel Superhero Island area, and it's called Toxic City. Yes. And this, just reading the description, it, this sounds like it would be right up my alley. Yeah, and they uh, obviously, they completely abandoned the Marvel tie-in at this point because Marvel had a shit fit in 2002. Yeah. Oh. But it was, it was it's, it's still the same type of idea. Instead of it being Carnage's, Carnage and, his, and the villains taking over, the city was taking over by the bad guy and not even really a bad guys. It was just, it's kind of the city was quarantined and it was a toxic waste dump. And there was, there's mutated creatures from living or maybe affected by it. Melting creatures. I remember, I remember the makeup on that being really cool. And I always kind of remember it being reminding me of the guy in RoboCop, though. I'm sure it wasn't that extreme because that would take forever to apply. But I think that was the inspiration they went from the melting characters. Uh, So, Tell me there was a lot of greens in this. I was just going to say, that was my note. Um, the foam I talked about in Treaks, uh, yeah, Treaks and Foons was uh-huh. in this area, and it was all would like build over a green light. or yeah, nice. So you'd get like the green foam toxic, Toc- toxic look to everything. That 80s toxic yes. feel to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. So the foam returned. It was lit green as best as they could. And yeah, this, this was a pretty cool scare zone. That sounds like fun. All right, I'm going to go straight into shows. Okay. We're going to leave... Actually, before we get into shows, because we always want to leave Bill and Ted for the last, yeah. I'm just going to go through the, the rides and attractions real quick. Okay. Um, and these are getting long. That's the one cool thing that I found from uh, the the whole fact that they're using Islands of Adventure is that they have a lot more other things you can do if you don't want to get into these like two-hour-long uh, lines and stuff. Uh, adventures, amazing adventures of Spider-Man, Doctor Doom's Fearfall, Incredible Hulk roller coaster, my favorite, Popeye <laughs> and Bluto's Bilge Rat barges, which is interesting because they also use that for the Ship of Screams. So I'm I'm not sure how that was still open. That's oh, it's the queue line for that thing is ridiculous. Oh, I don't okay. know if it's still the same because they've pared down some of their queue lines. But when they first built that, that was like their big water ride. That was their that and Dudley Do Rights uh, uh, okay. fall. Yeah. So they they I think they overdid the queue line. They had more than enough room. That's the same way Jaws had its queue line right. converted to a maze, but was also open back in the early days. Got it. Uh, Storm Force Acceleration. That's gone now. One fish, no, two fish. That's oh, a, isn't it? Yeah, that's the uh, teacup ride, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so that to me it's to gone. To you it's gone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, uh Karasusel, the flying unicorn, dueling dragons, which is now Harry Potter's thing. Yeah, and the uh flying unicorn is like the hippogriff or something. Yeah. Uh and then Poseidon's Fury was open, which is interesting because that was a show, wasn't it? Yeah, sorta. I mean it was uh, oh yeah, well yeah, yeah. It's a I production it a anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. more of a not a, really a ride. It was yeah. a it had yeah. a actor. I was going to say it was like projections and stuff, but I forgot it did have an actor uh, at the time. I don't know if it was converted to the Darkanon one. So it was either either the the uh, oh the keeper, which was the old guy, or Taylor, who was the archaeologist. I I don't know what year that was switched over. 
Yeah. Well, it's just interesting to me that they actually had that that open because it's yes, like right. that's a time commitment. Yeah, uh, that's true. Right. Yeah. You know, when you really want to be funneling people into the, to the into the mazes and stuff. And then Dudley do writes rip softballs. Yeah. All right. You get soaking wet before you go on to hell. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Because <laughs> if there's anything that I want when I'm doing Halloween Horror Nights, it's to get even more chafing material. Right. right. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, most of the time, Halloween Horror Nights is, is part of the muggier part of the year, isn't it? Um, It's actually, it's, it has it can been. Be. It used to be nice. It used to be a nice cool night but last year was like the most brutal halloween hard nights weather wise as far as heat was concerned that i remember what's that thanks obama (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) that makes sense i don't know thanks bill Um, nye yeah (laughs) all right so um we got two shows this year the first one is called infestation and it was in the enchanted oak tavern right and this is, oh, this is the, okay, so this is our icon show. Yes. Um, Did you go to it? No, but we've all seen it. Oh, we have. We have. This was later adapted to the Fear Factor interstitial show, where you got a volunteer from, from the audience, and you put a plexiglass box around their head and drop snakes and scorpions and stuff into it. Uh-huh. This is the same yeah. show. Uh-huh. But instead of having the enthusiastic host, you had the creepy director. Uh, so we've all seen this show just not in its original form yeah just not skinned with uh that's pretty cool actually yeah i actually thought that was interesting when i was reading about it actually not only reading about it there's there's some good video of this on there when i watched it i'm like holy shit that is the that's one of the interstitials for fear factor i don't know if it still is i've not seen fear factor since i think karen was in it but and that was a long that time a ago. Long time so, ago. but at the time, I know for I know because I know I saw it with Quint, and then Karen was in it like within a year apart. I know for a fact we've all seen this show. Yeah, no, I, I remember that clearly. Yep. That's um okay. That's pretty cool. I the the fact that they got it's that it got that part of the shtick of the show got its start there is yep. neat. So, if it wasn't clear, let me actually I'll give the a better description real quick. It was it well, I don't know how much more I had to say. They got a volunteer from the audience. It wasn't a plant. This was a real volunteer. That's the cool part about yes. it, I think. Yep. And you had to be 18 or older for real, not a rumor like that house, and they put a a plexiglass box on your head. And as you were sitting there, the director would be holding his camera filming all this and they'd, they'd start putting things in the box and uh, the things they put in were snakes rats scorpions roaches and he would just be antagonizing you to scream or get scared so he could film it and incorporate it into his film so that was that was that the director's take, show that would take convincing for me to scream <laughs> really <laughs> fuck me <laughs> Some of them I could handle. Rats, no big deal. Cockroaches, eh, whatever. Snakes, yeah. uh, I'm okay with scorpions. Fuck you, man. <laughs> even though I know, because we got to meet one of the wranglers, even yes, though right. I know that, that you know they put glue over the stingers so there's no way they can sting you, you know, it's it's perfectly safe. Everything is good. I, fuck no. I was thinking that glue could just pop off any right. minute with my luck. Right. Yep. Yeah, no. Uh, no, 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 no. Anyway, we'll go on to the, the wrap up of the show, which is always Bill and Ted's excellent Halloween adventure. And this is excellent Halloween adventure numbered, uh, 12, 12. Yep. 
And we have, this was again at the Toon Lagoon Amphitheater, which unfortunately isn't used for anything but consumer facing anymore. Correct. Yes. Yep. And yeah, let's start the monologue from Matt. All right. So the Bill and Ted show this year, this starts with a stage manager voiceover asking for one final check, starting with the lights. So a spotlight lights up and shows Gollum from Lord of the Rings with a tool belt working with his pre- precious, which happens in this case to be a light fixture. Wow. Is that, <laughs> am I feeling that old again? Was that that long ago? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> While he's working on the light fixture, Gollum actually has to stop and have lunch because of union rules. So, so the stage manager actually asked what computer generated characters eat. And his answer is computer generated lunch and pulls out a box or pulls. I'm sorry. Pulls out of his lunchbox, a clownfish. Nice. Uh, yes. Yeah. It took, actually, I wrote that one. I don't get it. And I'm like, Oh no, I get it. So I guess finding yeah. Nemo was around this time too. Yep. Yeah. I don't even know mm-hmm. when that was. I guess that was. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I was, I was in a um, Airbnb last weekend in Puzzle Robles and the two guys that we were staying with, they had a uh, fish tank, a giant fish tank in their living room, and they literally had Nemo and Dory in oh, it. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, it, was, oh. it was actually kind of cute. Oh, okay. Uh, that was, they were specifically in there and named that? Yes. Oh, okay. Eh, it's, yeah, it's still stupid. It was, it was like the blue flounder type fish with the yellow markings and a yeah. clown fish. And they had all that. had some really cool spider shrimp and stuff like that, too. So it was, it was interesting. I think I fell asleep during that movie. Yeah, well, it doesn't take much. No, it doesn't. Not for Pixar. No. So this, um, so his lunch starts talking, asking him for asking Gollum for help to find his son. Right before Gollum just <laughs> completely devours him. <laughs> oh, that's a great start. <laughs> yeah. So stage manager calls for the start of the show. Gollum wheels out a projector now and starts showing a short history of Bill and Ted. So after this history, this is actually the explanation of the strong language explosions, yada, yada, yada. They, they actually do get clever with this now and again. Sometimes they actually, that's not true. They, they, once they started, instead of just doing the standard announcement, they have incorporated it into a show. And, and I think I do have it noted just about every, every time we get something pretty unique. And this one was good. This one was and, good. And I think it was only topped by, the carn- uh, Carnival of Carnage last that year. That is, no one's going to top that one. Ever. Yeah, no, that is true. Yep. Uh, so we get some dancing women and some men and some music. And then we, of course, lead into We Will Rock You. So lights go out, music stops, and Charlie from Charlie's Angels Voice is heard. Okay. <laughs> now, I don't remember if it was, wasn't Bill Murray, Charlie in Charlie's yep. Angels. Yeah, I don't yep. remember if it was a Bill Murray impression or if he just said this is Charlie. Oh, no, no, no. His- Wait, Bill Murray was not Charlie. Bill Murray was the the uh, the the manager character because you oh, never see okay. Charlie. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah. That's oh, so we saw. Charlie's I never saw these movies, so I don't I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I, I remember this from the TV show. No, I remember that. I just I haven't seen the movies. I just know Bill Murray uh, was part of it. I didn't know he was yeah. he was no, seen. He was, uh, yeah, he was the manager, oh, okay. the goofball manager that they always had to go through that, you know, they flirted with and he never got the girls. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. No idea. So, okay. So then what probably, I didn't even need to note if it was a Bill Murray impression or not. Nope. Gotcha. Okay. So after the intro, Charlie's angels appear on center stage and Charlie says, there's no time to waste. So here's the plot. 
That is what he says. <laughs> I love when they do that, when they just say, you know yeah. what? They were probably writing out exposition, and they said they just scratched it all out and wrote this line. I love that about <laughs> writing this show. Yeah, they are so self-aware. Yes. <laughs> so there's a device called the eye control, and it is a reality remote control, and it was invented and sold on eBay by a gentleman in the Caribbean. But the remote was sent to Bill and Ted by mistake. And Bill and Ted are on their way to the Kit Kat Club in Chicago, and the angels have to go and intercept them, as, pose as dancers to get the remote back. So after a flashy dance number and a strip down in wardrobe, changing the, the uh, and or I should say, a wardrobe changed by the angels, jets of smoke rise on the stage, and the time traveling phone booth is revealed, and out jump Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan. So we get the time traveling phone booth back this year. Oh, yes. Yep. So the angels approach Bill and Ted. Bill is wearing the eye control as a belt buckle. And one of the angels points to it saying that Bill has a very powerful and dangerous tool. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, come on. I thought that was funny. That's why I wrote that line down. It was good. Oh, okay. Okay. So Bill grabs the remote. And when he does, he actually causes the angels to rewind the past few seconds of their interaction and then pause. <laughs> which yeah wow that must have that must have taken some some choreography yeah I, yeah exactly yep yep but before they can figure out exactly what's going on there's some fog that forms on the side stage and there's a little bit of music and some lights and out comes a mysterious person from the caribbean captain barbosa uh, yes wow. one of the pirates of the caribbean yeah I'm just yeah. feeling old again. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's all that's around the, the same time. Yep. Well, if this that's, a, that's the thing that these Bill and Ted shows do is like, I love listening and hearing about them, but they always make me feel really old. Cause this is like, this is over 20 years ago. No, this no. is like, uh, sorry, 10 years, over 10 years ago. 13. Yep. Right now. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know if this will help or hurt, but his entry is he's standing inside a shopping cart being pushed by Johnny Knoxville and Wee Man. <laughs> okay <laughs> so this is the height of jackass on, as yeah. well yep. yeah so barbosa is actually the winning bidder of the eye control and he's here to retrieve it he explains a little bit what his intentions are with it and as he's explaining this the lights go down and the sound starts to or it probably cuts out actually not sure what my note was meant to say there but a, a new spotlight hits a stage and they reveal Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein sneaking around the stage, explaining how they have their own designs on the eye control. So I guess what happens is it's kind of like a, like a meanwhile moment. It's like, he's explaining Captain Barbosa is explaining and the lights and the sound go down and they go, Oh, here's what's going on back here. They take the forefront of the story. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's, uh, and they do transitions yeah. well, so I'll give them that one. I can picture what's happening. It's hard to write out, though, and it's yeah. a little hard to explain as well. If you've seen this in a Bill and Ted show, which is very likely because it's not the first time they've done it or the last, or the last time, time, I should say, yeah. maybe that makes sense. Karen, are you following this? Because this did not happen last year. Are you following what I'm trying to explain here? Kind of, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, then I won't belabor it because we'll just not get further on the story. So I'm not sure how much of this actually happens again, but we got the, the preface of it. Okay. So after we find out that Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein are sneaking around with designs on the eye control, this, that spotlight fades and the regular lights and the sound come back up and we're back on Barbosa. And 
everyone is looking absolutely horrified, indicating that he just told this like incredibly frightening story, but we didn't get to hear it. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that's actually that's actually a really good uh, the, good mechanism. To that use. is, yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, after a brief interaction with Bill and Ted, Barbosa calls for their deaths and the retrieval of the eye control. So at this point, Osama and Saddam interrupt. So now they're part of the main story. So we shouldn't be having this back and forth anymore. So that that's good. I won't have to point that out. <laughs> is, oh, wow. I wish I'd read ahead. Bill and Ted mistake them for Cheech and Chong. Oh, God. Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein. That's funny. <laughs> that would be. that. That's hilarious, that's actually. actually. That, that's actually great. Because the whole Saddam mustache. and yep. the, yeah, <laughs> that, just yeah. thinking Tommy just, Chong and, and, uh-huh. and uh, oh, God, uh, Cheech Marin. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, works. That, oh my god, that, that so works. It's <laughs> so much better than than when you say it off the top of your head. It's like, and then you start imagining, it and it's like, no, that's that's <laughs> spot on. Yeah, that's Holy great. <laughs> so Cheech and Chong demand the eye control, and after a tussle, Saddam ends up with the remote permanently pausing Barbosa. So Barbosa is frozen, and out comes Gollum in his Union outfit and pushes him off stage. So Saddam declares that it is time for world domination. Madison Lee from Charlie's Angels interrupts with a not so fast as she re-enters the show within the all the I don't know how to describe them, but the the all white blonde white haired braided martial art twins from the Matrix Reloaded. I don't know what their name is. Do you know the characters I'm talking about though? Right? Oh yeah. yes, uh, yes. Yeah, I have no idea what they're called. Uh, their names or their character names are. So Saddam asks what those two can do, and music starts, and they start lip-syncing to Blame It on the Rain. Ah! <laughs> Karen got it. Yeah. <laughs> Great Millie Vanilli routine. Uh-huh. And I don't, wow. have it in, I don't have it in my notes, but I bet you that the uh, music like skipped or stopped or whatever that infamous <laughs> clip of them from way yeah. back in the day did. So that's, that's actually a stretch. I mean, that was an old reference then. So yeah. that was that was a roll of the dice, but that's pretty funny. We all laughed at it. So okay, I guess yeah. it paid off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at this point, Gollum rolls Barbasa, our Bar- Barbosa, back on stage, and he declares it's alive, almost like the mm-hmm. classic Frankenstein yell. Uh, a pirate fanfare music starts and uh, starts to swell. And the counterpart to Captain Barbosa, Captain Jack, although not Jack Sparrow, he's called Jack Daniels, enters the stage. <laughs> wow. So I guess instead of rum, it's whiskey. Right. Yep. Uh, Why so- is the whiskey always <laughs> gone? You know, I say that in my house all the time. <laughs> whiskey. Hey. <laughs> Osama moves in on Jack. Neo, uh, Trinity, and Morpheus now appear. So more Matrix characters. Ted walks over to Neo and declares to him, saying, that's my face. And then through various pauses and reverses and everything else, we get a slew of characters popping in and out at this point for our final face-off. So we get Undercover Brother, Stripperella, Christy, yeah, I know that's I, that's Christina Aguilera, Laura Croft, um, the punk toast, but not Ashton Kutcher, the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, two FBI agents, the 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 uh, Agent Jones agents from Matrix, um, and God, the Morgan Freeman version of God. Got it. So, they, so here's here's the weird thing. 
all of this Matrix stuff doesn't make me feel nearly as old as like like the Gollum stuff. But and they, I don't know why that is, but it's like to me, Matrix is like a long, long time ago, and the rest of those things are not. It's just hmm. it's weird how my know. brain works. That's yeah. Maybe yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even have an offer of an explanation. <sighs> I don't know. So it's still and, and maybe about the same time. Well, and maybe it's because they were referencing later Matrix movies, which I kind of don't count and not the original. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but even Pirates of the Caribbean came out in 2003. Yeah, I guess. And Matrix Reloaded was 2003, so it's the same year. Yeah, I guess, but but I mean, the original Matrix was what, 99, 2000? Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think, where, it was 99, so that's, I think, where, you know, it's, that was still in the 90s. Mm. My brain's weird. <laughs> well, we know that. Uh, you don't need to convince us. <laughs> yeah. I know. So uh, this we have we have just the 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 fight back and forth that we always have with this the collection of characters. The finale comes down to Charlie's Angels actually retrieve the eye control. They pointed Osama and Saddam. Fast forward the hell out of it, so we get some some more smoke. And when the smoke is gone, we're they're revealed as skeletons. They fast forwarded them so far that they were dead, <laughs> decomposed, and completely <laughs> skeletons now. And now we're into the final music and the final dance number, and we have the end of Bill and Ted for 2003. So, was there any good Disney digs this year? There probably was, but um, apart... Well, I guess there was uh, more indirect, because he ate Nemo's ate father Nemo. in the beginning, in the opening right. scene. And, and also, the, all the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff was Disney as well, I forgot Oh, that. yeah, of course, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I'm, pr- I'm surprised they could use the name Barbosa then. I am wondering if there is a real possibility that it didn't say it. It's just obvious who it was, and that's how my notes were written. Oh, uh, okay. Very cool. So that was that one. I as I was reading through this and putting my notes together, I have a much clearer memory of of a lot of this as opposed to 2012. And I think that's because we, I kind of got the uh, feeling of the show being in a new place. The the phone booth missing. It's like more felt at, I felt more at home with this show now than I did in 2002. Right. I don't know. That's just, my brain is a little weird. Not as weird as Quince, but still a little weird. Uh, well, if it gets as weird as mine, you should probably seek medical attention. <laughs> it doesn't help you. Nope. Yep. Well, that's because they take one look at me and run fucking screaming. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <but>. Okay. <laughs> so, last, just the only note I have to wrap up, I actually already said the director is the icon. He was featured in Hollywood later. I don't, it may have been the same year. I didn't put what year it was, but, but further down the road, even later than that, he was the first icon for Singapore in 2011. Oh, cool. Yeah. Now he showed up again, of course, most notably he showed up in 16 with the other icons. He was part of the arrival show, which we'll get much more into when we get into 16. And he had his stage at the icon scare zone this year at 25. Well, not only that, uh, his maze of this year was converted into a scare zone. Sort of kind of. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say that because it did have, the characters and the homages. So sure, yeah, I'll, I'll run with and that. the name. I yeah, mean, it was all yes. Yeah, yep. So, so there was there was an homage to him there too. So we did have all night dying as a scare zone later between now and twenty five though as well. So it may be the evolution mean, of that. 
I just mean that there was a big mention of him as, you know, in 25. Okay, had, I got gotcha. you. He had yeah. a lot of hooks into 25. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, you would think with my interest in film and one time dabbling in filmmaking, this would be my favorite icon, but he's, I, I don't say I, I dislike him. He's He might be, least favorite sounds like I don't like him. I don't dislike him it's just he's not my favorite he's not as up there as you if you know me he's not as up there as you'd probably expect him to be he's just kind of like so i think it's okay his shtick is just um it's not terrible it's just not as as in your face and um vibrant as a lot of the other characters yeah yeah that's that's a that's a that's a good way to put that i think you know, a lot of his shtick relies on you, not him doing stuff, right? The fact that he's behind the camera and, and pretty much a voyeur of everything that he's he's doing makes it a harder thing to, to do. I think. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. But um, nonetheless, he was good. So two pieces that I have to ask about, because sure. we've covered this in, in the other years. Was there a, a gore house and was there a hot house? See, I don't know. Let me look and tell you what my best guess would be. My best guess would be that the all-night dying was probably the goriest house because the accounts of the scream house weren't as gory as the year before. Uh huh. I can't tell you what I would consider a hot house. I guess it all yeah. depends on what they did with fun house of that dead. I mean, they could have done something there, but even I don't that, think that one. No, I think the, uh, the better possibility would be the ship of screams. If you mm. might have, if you were on the Lido deck, if it was like mm. the love boat. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know that there was a hot house. And if there was a gore house, my best guess would be all night dying. This is a, apart from the bill and Ted show, which again is what started our night. This is a, a huge gap in my going uh, as far as all the things I got to see. And that's that, that, now later at the time it didn't seem like that big a deal it's just like oh cool i got to go i got it under my belt you know not knowing what kind of fan i would turn into it's kind of sad <laughs> to see well, i missed this I, I miss so much of this part of this also feels like the lack of a, a decent gore house could be still fallout from 2001 yeah yeah maybe i don't know i, I like i'm just speculating of course right um but it seems like 2001 threw monkey wrench into the works and they're still kind of Kind of trying to recover and get into the groove. Well, it might not even be so much that. It just might be lack of subject matter because they got the subject or matter that. they wanted and they just could not, like, Gore just didn't fit the stuff they wanted to do in that maze. You know, now that you mention it, there are no IP houses. No, there is not. There's not a single IP maze and there's not a single IP uh, scare zone. Nope. No wow. adopted IPs this year. Wow. Is that the first? No, it's not the first year, but it's the first year in a while. In a while. Yep. Interesting. I uh, think that would have been a cool year to go just, just for that alone. Cause you know, there's, there's a lot of creativity going on here. That's then. actually going to follow into the next year. I won't get ahead of myself, but next year has no adapted IPs. Interesting. Eight, okay. 16 does sort of but it's more of a callback so again getting way ahead of myself yeah all right well you know it's uh but then 17 carnival or carnage forget it that's yeah. that's a well, new paradigm yeah. that's a paradigm shift i guess that's the second time i've used that 
phrase on this show. All right. I don't have any other questions or comments. Karen? No, nothing else. What is the, uh, you said the scare zone. You said, uh, what is it? The I call it the fire and ice one, but I forgot the uh, immortal Island is a scare zone. You'd go to what is the, based on what little I could share, what maze would you guys actually Karen hasn't given her scare zone. So Karen, what scare zone, what house, if we had a time machine, could you, would you go back to see? And then I'll get the maze from Quinn. Probably the toxic city. Okay. This sounds like it's the most fun. Okay. I think based on what I know from 25, the psychoscarapy, I'd want to see that one where yeah. that all started. <laughs> yeah. That's the, I mean, that is a great choice. Cause that is, it's right up there, but uh, ship of screams. Yeah. 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 Just, just cause uh, the nautical ones. And again, just cause like from when I was a kid, I had, I had stories. I was reading a book of stories about lost ships and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's always been one of those really things that i've been really interested in so yeah ship of screams okay well, and was immortal island the one you say to go back to or is i is that just a different discussion mm, no no god no toxic city toxic city okay yeah once yeah, once karen yeah. said toxic city i was like oh wait maybe i got that wrong so yeah no it's toxic city for sure all right Cause, just because of the, the the green foam stuff yeah. and, and <laughs> I all gotcha. that stuff that's uh yeah. yeah i mean immortal island sounds pretty cool but all right. Well, cool. Um, yeah, that How about you? me, um, I would probably agree with Karen and go back to, uh, psychoscarapy because that leads, like I said, that's part of the start of what ends up being one of my all time favorite things. Right. Yeah. Cool. And I saw all the scare zones. So. Oh yeah. That, that, I just wanted to know what maze, gotcha. if you would still just go to all night or if you would, would pick a different maze now. Oh yeah. Now it's because it's the, uh, Oh yeah, you know you said there was no IP house, but the best attempt was the all night. And I was about to say my uh my my tastes have changed. I don't necessarily run to the adapted IPs unless it's something like Aliens versus Predator. Right. I, I go to the uh I gravitate towards the original IPs and Psychoscarapy would definitely wanna be the one I'd want to see. And and you know, I think the reason uh, at least for me, I think the reason that, that I gravitate more to the original IP these days is that they have a lot more leeway with those to do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. They don't have any constraints. They don't have anybody tying their hands. They don't have anybody saying, no, you can't do that. No, no, that's, that's not Canon. That's not what they just do whatever the fuck they want. And they make <laughs> Canon. And I think that's why a lot of them have started to become even better than their, their adapted IPs. Yeah. I couldn't agree anymore because they're just, it's a very creative, very talented team. And apart from, pulling off the visuals and the scares and the everything else, they, the design they do. They're very creative with their storytelling as they've proven time and time again with each new IP they add. All right. So, yeah, that is it for this episode. So we will move on. I don't know. I'm going to look into doing an episode on the director next, but if it doesn't have enough information, we'll add that to kind of a, another special episode. So we're either going to jump into... 2004 or maybe have that episode on the director can't really say at this point what it's going to be but we will be back and i will say at this point thank you for listening and when we are back we will see you in that next episode thank you for listening to the catacombs of halloween horror nights podcast the catacombs of halloween horror nights is a news as internet entertainment production for more great podcasts and original entertainment visit our website at newsaz.com 
The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash newsaz. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.